0: Just over 600 Irish companies have a uh, have a footprint in the US. And that combined footprint, that combined footprint equals $240 billion of Irish origin FDI into the United States, with the ninth largest source of FDI um into the US, um, and, uh, and employing over 100,000 people. Um so um and that 240 billion and ninth ranking is US Bureau of Economic Analysis number, it's not our number.
1: Hello and welcome to the Digital Irish Podcast, a podcast all about Irish innovators and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dave Byrne. On today's episode, I speak to Sean Davis, who is Enterprise Ireland's Regional Director for the Americas. He took up this post in August 2016, but he's actually been at Enterprise Ireland for 15 years. One thing that you'll hear throughout this podcast is sean's wealth of knowledge and experience but this isn't just coming from his work on enterprise ireland it's also coming from the fact that he has experience like leading the market development for the us and canada for a subsidiary of a singaporean company asia pacific breweries what's great about this podcast and what was really wonderful about interviewing sean wasn't just his experience. It was just the sheer wealth of knowledge that he brought. There is moments in this podcast, you will hear it, that he truly blows my mind with some of his insights. And throughout this as well, you can really hear his passion coming through. For me, this was such an enjoyable interview, and I really hope you enjoy it too. So I'm just going to drop you right in it. What was it that initially attracted you to EI, and what's the thing that keeps you interested? Because you've been at EI for 15 years now.
0: Yeah, great great, great to join you, Dave, and thanks for the opportunity. Um, you know, the, I suppose the honest answer is that it was a recruiter <laughs> that, uh, that called me about EI. Um, the, the reality for me at the time was I had, I had been five years with Asia Pacific Breweries. Um, I had a couple of businesses in New York. I wasn't really in that ecosystem as such, so really I didn't know a lot about EI when I got the call, but I was intrigued um, and, uh, and I wanted to, to, to see what it was all about. Um, And but once I got in the room to to interview, um, I really got this strong sense that these were just such a committed and passionate group of people. and it felt like a place, and this is sort of important to me. It felt like a place where my values and the values of this organisation were aligned, and that was that was going to be hugely important in any decision. Um, so, so that's what kind of got me into it. Um, my first six months then sort of proved out that you know our values were aligned, and that was that was that was hugely important. What keeps me what keeps me uh, interested, what keeps me excited, um, is I just I just fully believe in the mission that we have i think ei plays such an integral part in terms of the development of the sme uh, sector in ireland we're just so we're involved in so many different aspects of that ecosystem that i think it's uh, i think it's hugely beneficial i think for any of us actually that are that are that, that sort of give a lot of ourselves to a job you know you want to know that it really is making a difference and, uh, and i fully believe that it makes a difference that's 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 really what keeps me yeah, uh, obviously passionate about what what I do. Um, so it's, it's been it's been a really fun fifteen years. I can't even believe it's fifteen years to be honest. The calendar doesn't lie. So, uh, but it's uh, it's been it's been brilliant. It really has.
1: It's great when you hear people aligning their values and like finding the business that aligns with them. And, you know, I was at Google for 11 years and it was very similar. It was like the reason why I stayed there for so long was that I really felt like that I was working at a place that I could be proud of working at. If you're able to find a Business side, of your values aligned to, you're you're golden.
0: You really are, Dave. Just to just to jump in there, so you really are, and it's it's it is something that sometimes it takes a hard lesson to realise that, and you maybe come off the back of a of a sort of a bad career experience, thinking, you know, what went wrong there? Um, and and if you were to ref- if you can reflect back on it, you probably find that like you're actually just found yourself in the wrong. situation situation like you really your belief system your values clashed with that organizations and and for me it's sort of even it's like it's it's an early warning system if things are going if things are starting to go a bit pear-shaped as we say in ireland you know that um that's that you know that there's there's just a clash here somewhere so I, I, think, I think it's hugely important in terms of a decision
1: i think a lot of people especially in the environment today are attracted by the money rather than by the company and the values itself
0: Money is important too, but it is not the only thing, and that's that's I think would be sort of my key message from that. But that's what that's what attracted me to the organisation, and of, and uh, it's I've been proven right, and the organisation has proven me right. <laughs>
1: And, you know, one thing that you pointed out is just uh, how integral EI has been to the SME market in Ireland. And one thing that I always hear is that Ireland is regularly pointed to as one of the best business climates for startups in Europe. And I know EI has been heavily, heavily influential in that. But what actually makes us unique as an environment for new businesses and for SME growth. So, so I think like,
0: like any ecosystem, and there's there's a multiplicity of variables that add to that, that, that contribute to that. Um, um I would I would say it probably starts with our education ecosystem, which is not just strong, but it's also accessible. I mean, that is really the bedrock of um of, of Ireland's success. If you go back to the early 90s when we, we started on our, our, our strategy to become a knowledge economy, where does that start? It starts with education. So that's been that's been really, really important, and that accessibility. Um I have to Gave a shout out to our colleagues at the, at the IDA because we're just so strong on the FDI front. Um, um, and that's just that's that's sort of brought not just economic prosperity, but it's brought an influx of talent, technology, um, and ultimately, as we found out in time, a source of new startups. Um, so so these were these were uh, individuals that went to work for the multinationals in the first instance. They found sort of a new lease of life. They, they bounced out of the multinational. They started their own company. And that became that actually became a common. Story, so so I think I think there are the the, the presence of the of the multinationals, American and otherwise, um, has really been a contributor. I I should say I mean I think that the support of the government manifests itself in many ways, and this can't be that's really really can't be overstated. Um, whether it's the, the the state support ecosystem through which EI IDA Science Foundation Ireland or BA, the local enterprise offices are all part of, which which is which is part of it. But I also think there is an agility in adopting and enacting um, our sort of enabling. Policies to support industry, particularly in terms of of crisis, um, these these are hugely important. We're quite sort of nimble and agile, and there's a high level of responsivity um, to those sort of changing uh, needs of uh, on the landscape. Um, I do think there's quite a robust landscape of startup and seed capital. EI is a major player in this recognized globally accordingly, so, but I think that is, that is, that is really important. Our technology centers of which we have, I think 16 or you know, somebody might call in to correct or call me to correct me. Um, but I believe it's about 16, but the technology centers as a driver, are important, um, our people, I think, are, I think we're just very good at developing new ideas, sitting down, taking the time, collaborating, talking, uh, and coming up with new ideas. I think that's part of it. Um, I think the fact that Ireland is so open, it's a welcoming culture it encourages others to come. And um, you think that today, seventeen percent of our population is not native born. I mean, that's astonishing. That's a huge resource for Ireland in terms of new 17%. ideas, I
1: didn't realize, ways gosh. of thinking. About
0: seventeen percent of our population is not native born. Yeah. Um, wow. So that's an incredible, that's an incredible source for us, um, and and our EU membership um, and the access that brings us not just to a huge market, 450 or 60 million people in the European Union, but also a really robust research research funding ecosystem. When we talk about Horizon 2020 or other mechanisms, um, you know, this is our membership of the European Union. Um, and then last but not least, by, by no means least, of course, my own organisation, Enterprise Ireland. I, I think I think what we've been able to do over our evolution um, over the last. Forty plus years as a as, as a trade board. Um, we're actually going into our 25th anniversary as Enterprise Ireland next year, um, which I think is a which I think is a real landmark. But. Uh, but there's been various iterations of the trade board. Of course, fractology used to be called uh, prior to EI's um, development in 1998. So um, and I think I think we've we play such a such a really, I think, important role um, driven by our client companies. What are their needs? What do they what what, what do we need? How do we stay relevant? And, uh, and I think there's a lot of people um, that I work with um, in EI that uh, that really sort of get up in the morning uh, thinking, how do I stay relevant? How do we stay relevant? Irish industry. I had to be stay relevant to this sort of globalised economy, and I think that's that all contributes.
1: You know, one thing that I read about that contribution is that in just the is it North America alone, or is it just the US alone that EI is currently supporting over nine hundred Irish-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Is that correct?
0: it's 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 just under it so it's at 873 if you want to be precise about it, but there's 873 um irish owned businesses that are exporting to the us um uh, what i think is even more interesting about that is that about two-thirds of those actually have a footprint here in the us um so 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 just over just over 600 irish companies have a uh, have a footprint in the us and that combined footprint the combined footprint equals 240 billion dollars of Irish origin FDI into the United States, with a the ninth largest source of FDI um, into the US, um, and uh, and employing over one hundred thousand people. Um, so, um, and that two hundred and forty billion and ninth ranking is US Bureau of Economic Analysis number. It's not our number. Um, and again, this is Irish origin. So, so I think the, the washed up sort of or um, rolled up impact um, of the uh, of the Irish uh, investment and Irish impact um, in. The US is is really important um, to be able to to be able to state because the the opposite story, like the foreign direct investment of of US companies in Ireland, is a well told and well known story and hugely important. But it is a two way street. So I think it's important to note that. Is
1: that? two-way street continuing to grow i mean because obviously as you said there has been a huge talk of like investment in ireland by u.s multinationals like and big tech companies and that kind of thing but like that number of businesses that are operating and have a footprint in the u.s is quite astonishing so is it, are you seeing that continuing to develop and grow
0: so, so so i think despite the pandemic um the last couple of years um we've still been um and 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 Enterprise Ireland has, a, has, a, has, a, has an actual key performance indicator, a metric around new overseas presence, as we call them. So we've we've been seeing um, 60, 65 over the last two years, um, new companies opening new presences in the US. Um, you know, so, so, so the rate at which Irish companies are continuing to, um, to, to, to expand their presence in the US is, is important. There is an increasing level, I should say. There's an increasing level of companies that are that might have been East Coast. Based that are expanding to the west coast, based or might have been down in the south, expanding to the north, or whatever. With that sort of expanding of of their footprint within the U.S., but that's that's really good to see as well in a, in, a, in a in a country of this size and in an economy of this size. Um, um, but there's also but it's also sort of impact at at, at, the, uh, at, the, at the at the very high end um, end of the spectrum as well. If you think about a company an Irish company like Icon, um, Icon just closed uh, last year the uh, the acquisition of Pra Health Science. For twelve billion dollars um, in, uh, in in the US, so Icon now, Irish founded, Irish owned um, Icon is uh, is one of the world's largest uh, contract research organisations. Now, um, it's um, it's it's really it's really astonishing. Um, other multinationals such as the Carrier Group, such as such as Gambia, um, such as Kingspan, um, you know, such as CRH, These are all these are all companies that have a very very strong footprint, um, and increasingly um, a company... Like Apple Green, which I should add, Apple Green, which we sort of know from going up and down maybe the M7 in Ireland and other roads. Um, Apple Green have, um, have 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 expanded rapidly um, here in the US, and and have I believe now over two thousand people working for them, and uh, and a really really great story. I think they're also so so you kind of see these you see these influences um, all around the country, but they're not as they're not as well known. Um, um, because it does strike me, and I think it's a bit ironic that, uh, as uh, for for a state for a nation of what is renowned storytellers, we're actually not that good at telling our story in a mass market way. You know, so it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, but it is it is it is definitely impactful when you're um, when when you, when you hear the actual data points below it.
1: Maybe we're just too humble. I think it's
0: partly that. I really do think it's partly that. We're sort of there's there's nothing we're very kind of ho-hum about telling these stories. And and I think I think in the US, you know, you kind of have to tell them, they have to put them out there. But I think I think you could be right But you <laughs> have to change that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I've met I've met Irish founders and I've met us founders and one thing that i will say is like speak to an irish founder and they'll just be like oh yeah we're really we're really trying to change things up and you know we're working hard and we're doing our best you speak to an american founder and they're like we are the next unicorn we are a billion dollar business it's like there's a there's a there's a difference in the language that's used, definitely, you
0: know? Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And I often sort of use the analogy that when when an Irish entrepreneur sets up a business, they think in sort of, um, they think in a very staged way, but they think in a sort of a conservatively ambitious way. I think when an American sets up a, a business, they think an IPO. Out the gate, they think an IPO, <laughs> you know? So, um, um, and now uh, I'm not sure neither is the right way to go. You know, there's probably a, there's a middle ground there, but, um, but you cannot, um, you cannot, miss like the, uh, the the level of of ambition which is what has made america the country that it is um and uh, and, and such a sort of such a market leader in so ma- in so many ways but but i think i think to your point dave i think there's there's things we can we can learn from that and uh, and maybe be a little bit more verbose than we are in certain areas
1: and you know, thinking about the this growth that we're still seeing in the US market. And as you say, like even existing businesses like kind of continuing to expand across the US, um, you know, you've worked uh, looking at across the Americas as well. So beyond the US, um what could Irish businesses be thinking about as as they look at the both north america and latin as potential markets like what what opportunities are there for them to unlock so
0: i think i think as, as we sort of look at, at the region and sort of my, my regional responsibility is, is is the americas so um so as i look at as i look at the the opportunity for Irish companies i, I kind of look go back to we talked about the 873 uh, companies that are exporting to the. US so that's that's about half of that number that's in, into canada and about half of that number again that's into mexico and about a, a similar a similar number in, into Latin. but i'd sort of see i see i see canada and mexico both us cma members, um, um, and um, I see them as sort of organic fits in terms of Irish companies that have already made that investment in the US um, and, uh, and and to move into those other markets. There are sector opportunities that are similar. There are sector opportunities in 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 cyber, in life sciences, um, in financial services, and technology. The business culture changes for sure, um, um, and that's something that you have to be you have to be very cognizant of. Um, the US. Reference site. Um, I think having a US um, customer set, having a US space really helps in terms of in, ter- in terms of trying to create traction um, in those markets. But I think I think I think those two in particular are are pretty organic fits for any Irish company that has already kind of got that established presence. You know, t- to look you can look north and south of the US border in a relatively cost effective and 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 quite painless way. Because I mean, you look more south into LATAM, it does get more tra- certainly. More challenging geographically, and 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 the scale um, of um, the geographical scale of what we're talking about is is just enormous. Um, um, I think I think on that basis, that's something that has to be a bit has to be a lot more um pointed, strategic, deliberate. Um, um, and uh, we've got a we've got a really good team based in Sao Paulo down there. I I would certainly say for any EI client companies, um, you know, that'd probably be the first protocol I would suggest. Um they that's really not the, the the kind of kind of markets where you where you just um you stick on your exploring hat and off you go. I think you definitely you definitely need the local knowledge, and and that's in, in large part why we have such an expansive office network. Um, is because uh, we recognise that that is the case in some markets. So, so I think to summarise, Canada, Mexico being sort of sh- sharing big borders would be relatively light lifts in terms of market expansion and exploration. LATAM a bit more challenging, but their team down there would be happy to help. Excellent, yeah,
1: because you know I think we've we've seen a lot recently about especially brazil and it's great that you're in sao paulo because the the growth in areas like e-commerce even is is pretty rapid at the moment there and um, so um it's great to hear that you uh, ei already has that presence there and can actually support uh businesses there
0: and, and, and david i'd also add I mean, we also have our embassies down there as well so so in our sort of in our in our team ireland and um, with our team ireland mindset on you know we we also have our ambassadors down there and embassies that are willing to lean in and tell Irish companies as well. And, and, I, and I, I often do think and I certainly my own experience when I was when I was Middle East based, that that sort of the official Ireland kind of seal of approval takes on an added weight in some of these markets that probably might call more developing, you know, it takes on a, it takes on an added weight um, of importance. And um, and I think that's just something to add there as well in terms of how our how, how companies will be supported.
1: A quick pause in today's podcast because we want to hear from you, the listener. We are constantly trying to improve the Digital Irish podcast. We want to make it more engaging. We want to make sure that we're bringing in the best guests. We want to hear your feedback, advice, and tips for future speakers and interviewees. So please email us at hello at digitalirish.com if you have any suggestions for the show. Also, if you yourself are an innovator, an entrepreneur, or feel like you have something unique to say, please also reach out to us as well. We'd love to hear your story. That's hello at digitalirish.com. Now back to the interview. The T. Marlins mentality is this something that's unique to Ireland as well? Because it feels like that as a network, like I like Irish people are just naturally supportive of each other, where there seems to be like this element of like, when I moved to New York, for example, the first thing I was told was like, oh, you need to check, uh, check in with the consulate. You should meet with the digital Irish crew. You should meet with these folks. It, like, do we have, like, Is this something, do we have a unique network that businesses should be leveraging to help them establish themselves in new markets and understand the local nuances of new markets? Yeah, I think, I think, I think
0: you ask anybody, they'll tell you they've got a unique network. Um, I think, I think we've, I think what we have is, um, I think we've got a unique, Unique strategy. Um, I think we're very deliberate about about what we're we're doing as part of our, our Team Ireland expansion, about part of our, our, our global Ireland expansion. Um, um, it is not uh, it is it is not happening by chance. It is very deliberate um, um, effort and and plan from the government on down. You know to uh, to try and expand uh, Ireland's footprint overseas. Um, um, I think how that manifests itself um, is. Is for for us here in in North America is is a is a, is a really sort of coordinated effort between um, participating agencies. So Department of Foreign Affairs are ambassadorial and as general colleagues, um, the IDA um, ourselves, Board Tourism Ireland. Um, here in the US, we also have Screen Ireland, Science Foundation Ireland. We won't have all of those entities present in all markets, um, but I think I think what I would say is is probably is probably some. Unique, um, at least, um, at least to my, to my knowledge, um, is is the fact that um, is that it is a very intentional, deliberate, and strategic um, um, look at how we can how we can best sort of leverage our our, our capability. And you know, when you're you're a relatively small island, um, you know, there's. Let's face it. There's half the people, like right? the whole population of Ireland, is half the population in New York City. You know, so when you're when you're when you're a relatively small island, um, you have to you have to lean into those uh, those attributes and uh, those strengths. Um, that are, they're available to you. And I think, I think this is, uh, I think this is one that certainly here in the US, like the diaspora is, is an enormous resource. Um, so, um, so I think having a, uh, having a, having a more sort of cohesive, um, viewpoint in terms of how we approach our development and growth and, and expansion is, is, is really important. So that'll be my thoughts.
1: Over the, the the time that you've been at EI, like how has that evolved and how has that changed over the years? Is that network stronger than ever? Is it is this a, a greater environment now for startups and Irish businesses to expand than it has ever been?
0: Over my time in EI, I think I'd say the the, the one. The, the the commonality is that um, as an Irish company, you still have that very strong um, Irish diaspora business network um, to reach out to, and that 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 is that is hugely important. But I would also say that over the last uh, my time um, in EI, but actually I'm in the US twenty five years now. I out to the US twenty six actually. Came to the US in nineteen ninety six. Uh, the U.S. Uh, demographic breakdown is, is, is changing itself. The U.S. has changed itself as well. So, in terms of, in terms of the sort of the influences from different demographic groups, that that's very it's very different to what it was um, when I joined EI and uh, certainly when I when I came out here. Um, so, when you look at it through that lens, then you sort of say, well, what's what 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 is now the common denominator? And 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 there's one thing you can be certain of um, when you come to when you come to the U.S. that it, it really does doesn't matter what your ethnic or demographic background is um, and when you're in business here you're interested in innovation you're interested in staying ahead you're interested in bottom line you're interested in ROI this is language that that really kind of cuts across um, all barriers um, you know so, um, so, so I think for Irish companies coming out um, I think that, that, that sort of the, the importance of having that of like, let's call it the soft landing and having the having this sort of the diaspora and the network the Irish network work there to, uh, to to kind of just show the way is important. But uh, what's also important, and actually the line I often use is, is that the accent will often get you the meeting, but it will never get you the business.
1: I was actually just thinking for, for 20 you said you've been in the US for 26 years you haven't lost mm. the accent I'll, I'll give you that
0: I'm sure I'm, I'm talking to Irish people every day <laughs> 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 you know, it's it's, uh, it's and, and listen, I, I don't I don't go out to, to keep it or lose it it's just a matter of it's, it's evolution but, uh, but that's yeah no it's uh, this is it's hard to it's hard to lose
1: i love it um you know you you touched on something actually really interesting there is like just just how much has changed over the last few years especially the demographic breakdown but also i think like the environmental situations of like what are kind of key topics that are top of mind like and what key industries are are taking off and i know um EI actually recently announced the Leading in a Changing World uh, strategy. Um, so, what is EI's vision for the future look like, and how how are EI kind of looking at supporting ongoing Irish innovation and ongoing I, I, uh, uh, Irish entrepreneurship uh, with this strategy?
0: So, so, I think, Dave, I think any strategy has to both deal with the with the present and the future. Um, you know, so um, I think you have to, like it can be certainly very important to be ambitious and forward looking, but you also have to take care of the house, right? um and um and and I think I think in that in that, in that context and you know, where our, our strategy does that it's really it's built it's built across it's built across five um five key areas five ambitions um um the the first one is 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 really kind of helping those export focused um irish companies um deliver growth and scale importantly here is, is as i think it's it, it's a real regional focus um one thing is sort of uh, when i say regional i mean outside of outside of the metropolitan areas in ireland um one thing we'll all have noticed is the is sort the sort of a level of depopulation from the metropolitan areas as people see they can work and live um, in more regional areas so so export growth um um and really sort of encompassing the regions that's that's i, I would sort of call that you know that- what I'd said at the beginning in terms of taking care of the now as well, um, um, uh, really sort of our second ambition is 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 really promoting Ireland as a world leading location uh, to, to start and scale a business. So maybe go back to what I was saying a bit earlier there about um, about us having a something really open economy, having a very high um, percentage of our population that is non-Native born. And that's that becomes a source of great ideas and innovation and businesses as well. And this is something we're going to be leaning into as well the, the third one i suppose is looking at our um, looking at the our, at our sort of necessary future um and uh, and where where not ireland, not 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 just ireland but uh, but globally where we where we need to go and is is the is the uh, is the concept of sustainable competitive advantage um so um so so how do we how do we remain um competitively at adva- a competitive advantage in a sustainable way which i think that which i think is is something that is is a real um a real focus area for EI, but also looking at that through the lens of, of innovation, particularly customer-led innovation um, and digitalization. Um, the fourth ambition is, is really is, is, is what we're doing specifically when it comes to um, sustainability and achieving climate action targets. Now, this, this will manifest itself in a couple of different ways. What are companies doing? Um, what are we doing with companies to do that? What is EI doing as an entity? What's happening from a policy position? What's happening from a market opportunity position or market opportunity perspective that Irish that companies can take advantage of um, and, uh, and how are we how are we driving towards that so this is this is this is this is the top line ambition but that has been realized now in terms of specific uh, departments tactics objectives um, that we've carved out and the last one, um, which is our, our fifth ambition, and, and frankly for me, and arguably the most important um is um is 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 around having um uh, the, the world's most successful enterprise development team. Now that is a that is a lofty statement and and maybe not one that you're kind of used to hearing from um from from, from, from Irish people. Maybe go back to our conversation earlier about being maybe too humble, but that's our ambition, um, the world's most successful enterprise development team. Um, um our, arguably um, that 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 one underscores all the other for actually um, in terms of in terms of their uh, ability to achieve those um and, uh, and and how that how that will kind of ultimately manifest itself is, is in terms of our in terms of our in terms of our upskilling in terms of our in terms of our D our approach to de and i which is which will be a focus and something that is increasingly um not just uh, important from a social perspective but but is important from from every perspective um you know but uh, that diversity equity and inclusivity is, is, is included um in in our thinking um and, uh, and and that we're continuing ourselves and we talk about digitalization of our of our own um of our of our of our client base we actually if you live by the sword you have to die by the sword we have to be we have to be ourselves um at the, at the lead when it comes to it comes to the digitalization agenda and our teams have to be speaking that language so, so that's part of that's our strategy um, um in, in a nutshell um if you had six seven more hours i can keep going but i don't think we have that time <laughs>
1: You know, you're touching a lot of things that I think are are, are are not just like, you know, next two, three years, but it's going to impact businesses for 10, 15 years to come. Um, you know, I think like you touched on topics like, you know, climate change and responsibility there. That's obviously ongoing, but even topics like DEI, there are certain countries that are uh, you know, certain markets where you know, DEI conversations are quite advanced, but some markets it's very nascent, it's very new, and I think that you know, um, it's going to be an, an exceptionally important one um, as uh, as folks like to look into new markets and, and make sure that they're kind of um, involved in those conversations from day one.
0: I, I, I couldn't agree more, and in fact, in in March and St Patrick's Day just just this year, uh, we had a um, deliberately brought out a, a, a group of female leaders as part of our St Patrick's Day work, um, and with the Taoiseach. Um so we had eight female leaders come out. a so Women in Business program we called it, um, 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 but that was a very deliberate, um, it, it, intentional plan from us to kind of to, to lean in here. But but I think I think that, I think that the bigger picture um, here. Is that, um, um, and for, for, for maybe for your audience and for for for, the, for people listening, is that is that this is a space that and, and that is that is not just about doing the right thing because we need equality. This is actually a space, where there's actually there's there's documented evidence now and data around the impact of having a more diverse senior leadership team. Um, you know the impact that female leaders can bring into um, can bring into a, a, a co- Company um, And, and, and while it is something that is evolving at different paces, Dave, you alluded to this. Um, it is evolving at different paces. Um, there's also a very, um, we've had a lot of success in, in, um, in connecting with um, chief people officers or chief diversity officers, you know, and these are sort of titles that maybe go back five six years didn't exist, uh, you know, or if they existed, they existed as a subset of something else. Um, but now they're very sort of deliberate and intentional um, um, uh, roles and senior roles in organisations. So, so I think I think this is just this is just an area that um, that, that that necessarily has to be uh, has to be front of mind. Um, um, so I, I think it's uh, I think it's it's I think it's great that, that it, 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 um, it showed up um, in the final iteration of our strategy, because as you know, when a strategy has been developed, lots of stuff got the top of the funnel and what comes out the bottom of the funnel is is, uh, is where your real priorities are and this come out the bottom of the funnel um, as they, uh, as, a, as a priority and uh, I was really personally very very uh, very happy to see that and I think maybe go back to where we started a half an hour ago in terms of where our values and belief system align this this is the sort of further evidence of that in my book.
1: So one thing I want to say here for anybody who's listening and you know they are also hearing about the values going back to that conversation is um, I believe you're recruiting at the moment as well.
0: We are we are recruiting at the moment. Um, we have, a, uh, we have a, a we have a number of of market advisor vacancies uh, across our US network. Um, so in New York, Chicago um, San Francisco and Austin. And, um, uh, that is, uh, that is actively under management at the moment. Um, I am happy to give the, the, the name of the, the recruiter, um, is, is Wendy Chin at Pinnacle HR. Um, so if anybody is interested, um, in either a senior in your market advisor or market advisor role then, then wendy at Pinnacle hr is your is your point of contact there um these are these are across a number of different sectors from the industrial to the software cyber um hr and talent tech there's a variety of posts there so um so if anybody is if anybody's interested um they can either reach out to wendy directly um or reach out to any one of my of my team um um in the us and they will um, they'll, they'll certainly be happy to um, to, to to pass you along so but thanks for the opportunity to actually mention that i appreciate it
1: for founders listening to this uh, to this podcast how can they work with ei how can they reach mm. out to you and to uh, see all the benefits that and all of the work that you guys are are doing
0: Okay, so so I think I think the, the important thing to say at the outset here is that is that I've mentioned the, the term client company a number time so so it is it is is important to kind of maybe just underscore that and say that it, it that it's not enough to be an irish company in order to be in order to be an ei client company um from an ei perspective we're working with exportable and scalable products or services that are irish based and irish headquartered and adding economic um, um value in ireland um from the point of view of where you start um it is it, it like if, if if it's if it's sort of the idea phase and you're you're thinking of uh, um, of, of just starting a company in Ireland, then what I don't like passing people just to our website. Um, our website is actually pretty good in this regard when it comes to the whole sort of startup in Ireland um, um, ecosystem, and and it and it pushes you directly into the correct team member in Ireland that handles that. So that's for that's for companies that are that are that are looking at starting up um, in Ireland, um, and that gets you sort of on the if you like the first rung of the ladder in terms of your your sort. Of of EI um, the engagement and the EI relationship. Um Um, if it's a company that is uh, that is already Ireland based um, and uh, or uh, and and, and is not an EI client then I would sort of I would say to you at those companies um, that if it is an exportable and scalable um, product or service then um, and you're not an EI client then it's certainly um, it's certainly something you should should be looking into Um, um, I'm reluctant to say just send me an email because you never know what that leads to (laughs) when you, you say that in the public domain but I'm absolutely confident in saying that if you can't, if you can't get a response um, via our um, our corporate site, which is enterprise-ireland.com, um, there's a number of correct links, contact links, etc. in there. Um, if you cannot get a response then, then by all means, send me an email um, and I'd be happy to, to try and try and connect, connect you up. Um, but there is, there is a sort of, there's a, there's a multiplicity of, um, of start points out with the i competitive start fund is another for example where we do these calls for um for uh for for a new business uh two or three times a year there could be 50000 euro um of a of a of a of a grant award you know for a, for a for a new startup as well so there's lots of different ways um i think it's i think it's sort of trying to find the the entry point that that suits you that suits you best i know that might sound like a little more convoluted um than uh, than the straightforward Forward, just, just reach out to this number. But the reality, Dave, is that actually starting a business is more complicated. We've learned and adapted, um, as an EIS learned and adapted over the years. You know that it's, there's there isn't there's really not a one size fits all. You have some startups that value the equity part. You have some startups that don't value the equity part. Um, you know that don't need the equity. So it's sort of trying to find the, the, the right fit.
1: Which makes perfect sense. It's it's a case of, you know, you can't support somebody without understanding how best to support them Correct. So by yeah. having yeah. them almost like look at where they're at and understand where they're at and be able to come to you and say, hey, this is the, this is the moment we're in or this is what we need right now. You're then oh. able to best support them.
0: Exactly, Dave, and I think I think the important thing just to just to add on to your point there is that when EI is looking at a, at a company and a client company, we're not looking at the immediate we're, we're looking at the immediate need, of course, but we have like the medium and long term view as well, where this company Company needs to go um, and how we can support that company. So, so when you're when you're sort of when you're looking through the lens of a sort of a more longer-term relationship, you say, yeah, it's important to get your, your your foot, your your foot on the first rung of the ladder, but it's more important that you're actually on the right ladder, you know, um, and and you're not you're not going in the in the wrong direction. I think that's sort of what makes us maybe a little bit more um, um, uh, nuance perhaps in terms of how we, how we look at that. Um, so, um, so yeah.
1: Excellent. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for your time today. Um, any, any last requests for the digital Irish audience or anything that we can help you with?
0: well i think i think your um our relationship with the digital arts network has been great you've known yourself and fergal a long time one of our we mentioned some of our vacancies but one of our one of our former colleagues oren bambrick was uh, was very sort of closely aligned with din and and when we get oren's replacement in we'll be We'll be looking to do to do that to do that again. Um, um, I think we've um, we we've, we've an active um, discussion ongoing with Fergal at the minute in terms of uh, in terms of a, a project downstream. Um, but I I think I actually rather than sort of um, rather than plug um, you know for you to support us, I'm actually going to do the reverse. I'm going to say that I think I think the DIN is a is a fabulous network. I think what you guys are, are, are doing in terms of um, in terms of being really sort of pointed and focused is great. Um, anybody that's not a member should be thinking, should be thinking about, about, about joining. I mean, even a resource like this is, 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 is really great. So um, um, I, I don't have an immediate ask, Dave. You guys are immediately accessible um, and, uh, and, and amenable and available. And, um, and I think everybody should, uh, should be able to take advantage of that. So well done on what you do. And thank you for this opportunity. We
1: did not pay Sean to give us that plug. So, uh, <laughs> yes. we, what, a way, what a way to close out the podcast. Sean, thank you so much again. You're
0: welcome. Thanks for the
1: opportunity. Huge thank you to Sean again from Enterprise Ireland, and huge thank you to the Enterprise Ireland team overall for their ongoing work supporting Irish businesses internationally. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Irish Network. To find out more about the Digital Irish Network, check out www.digitalirish.com. On the website, you'll also find out more information about networking, events, news and much, much more all with a little bit of an Irish flair.